So good morning. My name's uh, Joseph, um, and I'm one of the, the young elders, not commenting too much on age, uh, here, here at The Rock. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> um, yeah, and so this morning I, I am going to, uh, Glenn's given me uh, the next sort of passage in, in First Timothy that we're going through, and um, as, as many of you know, and if you're, you're visiting, we are going through the... the um, letters that Paul wrote to Timothy, starting with 1 Timothy and, and moving on. So, um, yeah, this morning the, the title of the sermon is, uh, it's just 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. If you have your Bibles, you can pull that up. And I've, I've called it Pray, 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 and some other things. Um, and, and we'll get into why I did that and what those other things are a little bit later. But let's, let's read it. I don't know if you could bring it up, Alec. Um, there as well. Yeah, okay. So therefore, I exhort you, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Yeah, so there's a lot there. Um, This morning, I'm going to be sort of focusing on really just the first few sentences, but um, we'll, we'll get into the rest of it as well. Um, but but to, to sort of summarize the passage, this is the, the context here is that Paul, who was, who was somewhere else away from Timothy, has written a letter to Timothy, who, was, who he had sent to Ephesus to build up and, and disciple the church there. Um, Glenn went through the first chapter the last two weeks, and it's sort of that, that first chapter is almost like an enclosure letter or an introduction to the rest of the letter. Um, and, and when you look at and, and and some scholars believe that that first chapter is addressed specifically to Timothy, whereas essentially from here on out, this is addressed more to Timothy as well, but also to the other believers and, and church members um, in Ephesus where, where Timothy was. So you can sort of see... And here a different in, difference in the in the syntax as we as we go on starting in chapter two and then all the way through the end and then in the in the um, in the last little bit Paul addresses Timothy again specifically as well. Um, so, so so that's sort of the the, the context um, and and Paul does a number of things in this passage. First he sort of gives this instruction. Um, first of all, you know I exhort. And, and he lifts off, lists off really four types of prayer. He he talks about what you know what this leads to and and who we should be praying for. And then he he makes some theological statements that are you know very important theological statements. Theological statements that we should understand. You know um, that there is one God. That the mediator between God and men is Jesus Christ, who gave Himself as a ransom for all. And those are those are sort of. Um, their dogma in the Christian faith. That's something that must be understood um, really to, to have faith in Jesus. But I'm not going to talk about that section too much. 
Um, and if, you're, if you, you know, have problems with that or find it interesting, I encourage you to talk about that at, at small group um, or, or with others or, or after the sermon if you want. But we're going to talk about the first bit um, for most of today. Um, and so I've sort of broken up my, um, my sermon into to two parts. I'm going to talk about prayer first um, and, and go into prayer for, for a little bit. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about the specific instructions and who... Um, Paul is encouraging us to pray for, and, and there's a hint there in the passage. He says, I pray for all men. And just so you know, that word, that word men there is, um, in the Greek, it's translated to humanity, men and women. So it's not, that's not an exclusatory word. That's, that's inclusive of all people. Um, so we're there. So, yeah, let's get started. Um, that was sort of the intro. Uh, Paul, yeah, he, so he, right away he mentions four types of prayer. You've got supplication. You've got prayer, which, which we know, intercession, and thanksgiving. Um, and so, you know, all of them are prayer. Um, if you don't know, supplication is, is the request of things. That's, that's that type of prayer. Intercession is, that word is uh, translated as to stand in the gap. And so that's praying for others. That's where you, you know, Moses interceded, interceded on behalf of um, the people. And, and Jesus intercedes on behalf of us. So that's that's when you're praying for others. And then thanksgiving is, is, is a type of prayer where you, you acknowledge that, you know, all, all good things come from God. And um, they, I, don't, I don't really separate out these four types of prayers as you, you know, today I'm doing this and now I'm doing this and this. But it's, you know, I, I think that when Paul makes this list, it's, it's supposed to be all-encompassing. He's not giving you, okay, here are the four types of prayers, one, two, three, four. But these are do all of these things in your prayer. Um, and that's, the, that's sort of the first encouragement. So let's, um, let's ask some questions. Um, first of all, what is prayer? Second of all, why do we pray? And um, how does prayer work? So I, I'm going to go through these um, yeah, one by one. And the first, the first is, what is prayer? So prayer, um, to me, as simple as it is, is a conversation with God. And it is, it's communication with God, and, and it, it, it's two-way communication. It includes speaking to God and, and, and listening to God. And really, when you think about um, communication, communication is, is the foundation or, or such an important function in all relationship. Like, you don't really have relationship with somebody if there is no communication. So, you know, as, as you could imagine... Um, an individual that you don't know who lives in, in Russia right now, what's your relationship to them? Well, you both exist and that's it. But say they're writing you letters once a month. Well, now all of a sudden you have a relationship because there's communication. So communication is the basis of relationship. And so when we are, we are called and we are, we are designed um, and we have been created to have relationship with God. And so if there is no communication in that relationship, we are... We are, we are missing out on that relationship. So that's, that's sort of what, how I see prayer. Prayer, you know, if I didn't speak or communicate with my wife, you know, every, you know all of a sudden she would be like, what's, this relation, what's happening in our relationship? You know, there would be all sorts of questions. If people observed that, they'd say, oh, okay, what, you know, there's a problem in their relationship. So, so communication is just so, so key, and, and prayer is our communication. So that's, that's sort of the what is prayer. They, um, the second question, why we pray, and, and what, what does prayer do? And I answer these both at the same time. And, and 
the, the two answers are, first of all, it works. We pray because it's real and it works. Um, and, and the second is that um, it changes us. Prayer, prayer changes us. It aligns our heart with God's heart. It aligns our will with God's will. And I'm going to go into both of these um, quite a bit uh, more. Um, but before I do, so that you all know that these aren't my ideas and, and, and they are um, from Scripture, I'm, I'm going to list, uh, there's a whole bunch of Scripture I'm going to have up. Um, you can go next slide. Um, so yeah, f- I'm, I'm going to read these off. Hopefully you guys can all see. Oh, it's, they've broken up one on one. Okay. Um, First Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mark 11.24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Colossians 4.2, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Matthew 5.44, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Ephesians 6.18, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert always and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Psalm 17:6. I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Romans 12:12. 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Luke 18:1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And, and, and that parable there is the, the one about the... Um, the, the widow who, who asks the judge again and again and again, and, and finally her, 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 um, her request is granted. So I, you know, that's a lot of scripture I just rattled off. Um, if you want to look any of those up or if you want that list later, I have it. But I, you know, I did that specifically to show you that this isn't, this isn't just mentioned once or twice in scripture. And, and this is, that was not all-inclusive. There were, there were a number of, of more verses, but I, I decided that was too long. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's really important to see how Scripture talks about prayer. And, and when I was reading those, and, and maybe you saw it, um, but, but this is what I saw, is that there's sort of two things that, that are instructed there. Is it, there's a number of passages that talk about how prayer works, that, that, you, that prayer is real, it is powerful. When you pray, God will answer you. And that, that's, that's one of the lines. And then the other thing is sort of this instruction to always be in prayer or continue to pray and pray and pray and that's the sort of to me i see that as the instruction to be in that communication with god so that you align yourself with god um and and that's you know where you know it says god's will for for you in jesus christ is that you pray and and so that's the sort of the 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 two let's call the two prongs of prayer um so, and, and, and the other main takeaway that I get from reading all those pa- passages is pray. So pray. If you're not praying, if you, if you, if you um, and, and I'm, I, I was thinking about this as I was writing this, and I don't want to stand up here as a hypocrite because um, 
I don't pray enough. I'm not standing up here who's somebody who wakes up every morning, prays for three hours, prays throughout my day, and prays in the evening, and, and goes and goes and goes. You know, I, this is instruction to me. Um, and, I, you know, I was really blessed that I got to um, prepare for this and, and get reminded of just how important our, in our spiritual life prayer, prayer is. Um, so I'm, I, I, I uh, want to encourage that we should all be praying more, in, including us. And, and um, just some, some practical things I wanted to include there is, is pray every morning and every night. And if you're already doing, doing that, keep going. And I just encourage you that that just is such a good thing is wake up pray and go to bed before you sleep make it make it almost like a rhythm like you can't fall asleep without praying um and one of the things i'm just from my personal um my my personal life that i that was really helpful for me is for me to remember to pray at those times um i often have to have something i'm praying for if i don't have something i'm praying for it's very hard for me to remember so i I usually pick something that's long-term, like right now it's, it's my children. Um, I pray for my children every night before going to sleep, and I can't actually go to sleep before doing it, and sometimes I'm really tired, and I go and I say, you know, Lord, thank you for my children. I hope they sleep well. Amen. Good night. Um, but it's, it's it, and that's not every night, but it's so, so rhythmic for me now, and it's so helpful to remind me because I just, I feel like I can't do it with, with, without, I can't go to sleep without that. So... You know, if, if, if you don't have children, there's lots of other things you can, you can pray for. You can pray for your spouse. You can pray, you know, for, for somebody else specifically. And just have that as your, your prayer goal. Set a prayer goal. And just this is something I am going to ask the Lord of every day. I'm going to be relentless on this topic. Um, and that's, that to me is a practical way to ensure that you're, you're, you're praying as much as you can. So the, the second thing that I took away is, is, is that prayer works. Um, and so, I, you know, I was, I was thinking of sort of telling other people's testimonies that I have of, that I've heard before uh, of how prayer works and, and, you know, the effect that prayer had. But I was reminded of a, of a quote of a preacher I heard once that I, I quite enjoy is, is these, these stories of prayer working in miraculous ways. It causes uh, the believer to doubt and the doubters to believe. Um, and I, you know, I. I like that it's, it, because it's interesting when you, when you see these incredible stories of how prayer functions, people who don't believe are like, oh my goodness, God is real. They believe your prayer. But then you sit in a church and you tell that same story and everyone's like, oh, did that really happen? Is there some other function? And, and I just, you know, I don't think the convin- to convince you that prayer works, the, the stories of, of, of other people who aren't here is going to be helpful. But what really should convince you is how often it's said. That, that, you know, when, when I read those passages, um, specifically, there was a number of times that, that Jesus, that Paul, that, that scripture says that God will hear your prayer, that he will answer your prayer. And so that, that should be enough. You don't, you don't need the testimony. If you believe God, then you believe his word. And his word says that your prayers will be answered. And so that is faith. That is, that is faith. And so that's, that is the evidence to me that that prayer works in itself and, and it is enough. And so, you know, prayer in that way is, is faith. When we pray and when we ask God, we are working out our faith. We are practicing our faith. We are strengthening our faith. And so, um, yeah, I think, think knowing that prayer works is, is um, something that we should, we should understand and we should trust and we should really believe in. 
The last thing that um, I, I, I got away from that with prayer is that prayer aligns us with God. And, and what I mean by that is, I'm going to, yeah, sorry, one second. I, I'm going to talk about something, and this is a psychological phenomenon called um, conformity. Uh, it's, it's, maybe you've heard of this before. It's, it's pretty simple, but essentially us as humans, and this is all of us, uh, all ages and demographics, when we hang out with people or we communicate with them, we become more like them. We start to mimic their behaviors. We start to mi- mimic their speech. We, we mimic their beliefs. There's, and, and, and this has is, this is now been, been, been proven in, among psychologi- psychologists, um, and it, it's proven up to you know, people over the age of 65 that will still adjust their behavior and beliefs when they're put in to a different group or a new group. So as much as we don't like it, we as humans conform very easily. And it is even more true the younger you are. Teenagers, it's the easiest to see this. You know, that's why a lot of parents who have teenagers, they worry about who their kids are hanging out with because teenagers conform very quickly to, to their peers. And, and, and that's part of their development. But that's a, that's a phenomenon that, um, that we all experience and that is true for us. So if who we communicate to and, and who we talk to and who we relate to conforms our behavior, our character, and our will, if we communicate and talk to and spend time with God through prayer, through scripture and worship, then we conform to him. We align our hearts, our will, our minds, our behavior to God. And so that's why it's the part of prayer that is almost more important than, than the asking because the, it is the way that we renew ourselves. It is the way that we grow in our relationship with God. It's the way we, you know, that, that sanctification that you, you know, sort of buzzwords you hear about, which, which is the, the process of you becoming more holy throughout your life after you've received salvation. And, and really the main tool, and there's, there's other tools, there's other spiritual disciplines that, that are important for that journey, but the main one is prayer and conversation with God. And so, you know, you're not going to become more like Jesus if you're not talking to Jesus and spending time with Jesus. And, and you know, there's a number of ways that looks like. I, I include worship, prayer, and scripture. You know, there's these three separate things in church. We have a worship time, then someone prays, and then, you know, someone reads the scripture, and those are three set things. But I, I don't distinguish those too much. I think, you know, when you read scripture, you can talk to God through prayer. You can have that conversation in worship you know, it's just singing to God. It's still talking to God. And, and all of that is included as sort of one thing, and that's communication between you and God. Um, that inclu- yeah, that, that, that's sort of all-inclusive. And um, I want to, you know, you know this, this commonly used scripture, Romans 12, 2, which is, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so, so that you may know God's perfect, pleasing will for you. Um, but that, that renewing of your mind, you know, how do we renew our mind? And that's where this, this phenomenon of conformity comes in. So as we pray and we talk to God, and even if we have bad requests, even if we're requesting things from God that he's not going to answer because he knows that that's not good for you, it's not good for anybody, and he's, he's not going to answer that. As we pray for those things, our, our minds and our thoughts and our desires start to come in line with God's thoughts and desires for us. So that's the that's the the, 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 the third part of, of prayer. And and I really mean this all, all to just be encouraging, not not as any um, 
sort of like, this is what you should be doing, and this is the rules, but just like, this is a tool that God has given us. Let's do it. Let's be encouraged. Let's go forward from today and, and pray. And, and in that, just prayer has so much hope. There's so much hope in prayer that when we ask God for things, we can trust in him. It builds or strengthens our faith, but it also gives us that hope that one day either God will answer our request or we will come in line with who God is. And, and that is our hope. That's what we can hold on to. So, you know, prayer really builds hope as well. Okay, part two. Um, this is the more specific um, sort of things that are mentioned in the sermon. Um, and and I, I've sort of wrote it up as, as three warnings. And, and, and Paul doesn't distinguish the three things separately, but, but, I, but I have. Um, and, and the first warning is exclusivity. Um, it's a warning against exclusivity. And so, you know, in, in this, when you, you ask the question, okay, God says pray. Pray for who? And is, the who is everyone. Everyone. And that's a bit, you know, that's a bit of a tough thing. Because it's, okay, so we pray for everyone. There's 8 billion people in the world. Can I, can I name them by name? Um, obviously not. But I think Paul, Paul mentions that specifically, pray for everyone. And, and we also saw later in the passage that he says, God desires for all men to be saved. And, and, and there's the sort of two, two thoughts there, two points there that, that sort of point to this idea that, that Christianity is not exclusive. And so I, Glenn mentioned, uh, I think it was last week, that, that Paul was likely to have received a letter from Timothy first or someone had come from Ephesus and told Paul what was going on there. And so I think he's pinpointing something here. I think that it's, and, and, and there's, there's historians who believe this as well, is that Ephesus was going through uh, a time as the church, they had, the church, the believers had, had trust in Jesus and been saved, but then they decided that they alone were sort of saved and it was an exclusive group um, that wasn't available to all people. And so I think Paul right here, he's talking against that mindset, that this is not, Christianity is not exclusive. It's not, you know, this is only for, this is only for a select few people. This is free gift that Jesus died for all people. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It, it, it is, Christ died for everyone. Now, we don't want to get confused and say, okay, the, you know, everybody's saved. And, and I'll, I'll, it's, it's a little bit of a tough issue, but I'm going to get into it a little bit just to, to, to give us some confidence around there. But um, it's, it's important, and it's, it's a warning against that exclusivity. Guard your heart against thinking he or she is never going to be saved. He or she doesn't belong in the church. They're, they don't understand or they, their heart's gone too far. That's, that's not our judgment. Um, and, and, and it could be true, but God determines that, not us. So really guard your heart against um, exclus- exclus- exclusivity, which is a hard word for me to say for some reason. Um, the other thing that praying for every, everyone does is it, is it really softens our hearts um, towards people. You know, as you start to pray, one of those passages I read, praise for those who persecute you. And, and, and it is true. If you find yourself every day lifting up somebody in prayer um, who you dislike, who maybe it's just somebody at work who has a personality um, dysfunction and, and you don't get along with them or, or there's some, some other thing, maybe it's more serious than that. Um, when you lift up 
them in prayer, your heart softens towards them. And I think that's, that's something that's really important, something we should do. And, and I think as long as that is, as well with that is, it helps us fight, so, fight off um, the sort of judgment that we're, 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 we're talked against um, or that we're told not to have, where we're, where we're judging others beyond calling sin, sin, and, and um, good, good. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to, before we go to the next week, I just wanted to um, go over this sort of idea that, um, you know, God, it, it, here it says that God desires all, all people to be saved, and, and there's other things, where, other passages in other books where Paul says a number of different um, things about, you know, who's saved and who's not saved. And I, I don't, it's in this passage, and I don't want anybody to, to worry or to think too much about that. And I, I've pulled a quote from a commentary Glenn, Glenn sent me, and I, I really, really liked it. And it's, it is not our responsibility or capability to solve the puzzle of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. It is our task to preach the gospel and pray for all those who might receive it. So when we, when we read this, don't, don't get into, you know, okay, I've got to build a theology and decide who's going to be saved and who's not going to save, and I've got to talk about, you know, what, you know how this is all and logical. That's not, our, that's not our job. That's not what we've been, been called to do. So um, avoid those discussions. And I'm, I'm talking to myself there too because I do like to get into deep theological discussions, as some of you might know, but I, I feel like I've been re- rebuked by Scripture in that a little bit um, recently, and so that's, that's encouraging to me. Um, and so, yeah, don't, don't worry about who's, who's saved um, or, or not saved and, and pray for all people. And, and this is really what, how, how prayer builds up love in our hearts as we, as we align with God and we see people the way he sees us. We grow in, in love. We grow in love. And that's, um, yeah, another really important aspect of, of prayer. And then the, the, um, the other group of people that, um, that Paul mentions uh, here to pray for is, is authority um, and, and leaders and, and kings, um, which are, you know, those in power. And I think, you know, again, that's a, a contextual instructions that there was probably quite bad leaders. And I, I believe Emperor Nero, who was persecuting and killing Christians either right before or right after this, this sort of time. Um, and so there was a lot of evil people there. And and it's it's possible, or, or it's likely that the the church in Ephesus was sort of like thinking, oh, should we rebel against our leaders? Should we should we be cursing our leaders? Like, you know, should we, you know, gather up arms and fight against them? You know, how do we how do we function against this oppressive authority? And 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 Paul's instruction here is to pray, pray for them, and and that's not that's not. You know, there's, there's here in context, but that's not new. Jesus, Jesus, that's the instruction Jesus gives as well when talking about authority and and the Roman Empire. You know, they ask, okay, what you know, what should uh, what should we do with with Rome, who's occupying Israel and Jerusalem? Jesus, you were supposed to be the king who's going to set us free from that. We're going to be a free people again. And yet, Jesus, that's not what he did. He set he he set us free in a different way, not not from oppressive leaders, but from Oppressive, the 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 spirit, oppressive spirits, and 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 the world in in that in and, and our spirits free. Um, 
Yeah, so this, this warning um, here that I've taken away from praying for authority is just war, guard yourself against hatred for man. And that, that goes for, for all men, those who are, who are around you and those who you interact with. But in, in, in culture then and in culture today, there's sort of an acceptable hatred for people in authority. You, you, you know, you can see, um, we, we luckily have uh, down south of the border of us some quite contentious politics down there, but it's not, that doesn't, doesn't escape Canada either. And you people, you have these signs, you know, F this person and, and, and quite, quite horrible signs that this is hatred for um, politicians. And I think we really have to guard our heart against that. Um, and, and praying for them helps us with that. Um, and it, I know it's a, it's a tough issue because there's always that sort of comparison. You know, what would we have done? What would you have done as a Christian if you were in, you know, Nazi Germany when, you, you know, when Hitler was run, rising to power? And, and we're not there, so we don't need to worry about that too much. But there are theologians who have gone through, you know, talked about what they did, and there's people who stood up to him who are Christians who, who believe they're doing the right thing. And I, I don't think this, that this instruction here is, means that we should never stand up for what we believe is right or that we should always be just submitting to the authority um, who's, who's there and no matter what they're telling us to do, but that where our heart should know that the battle is not against flesh and blood, and that includes the leaders. The, the, the battle is against the principalities, right? That's, that's, that's the Ephesians 6 um, you know, famous famous lines is is that we don't you know the battle is not against flesh and blood. So that's a that's something that I think we can get in our personal relationships, but often something we struggle with with authorities. And I, I find it in myself too that uh, really um, I can I can have a dislike for people and authorities that I don't agree with more acceptably than I can have a dislike for for people around me. And I. I I need to be wary of that as well. And so in that, I think there's this, this idea of rebellion and um, the rebellious spirit against those that um, are, are in authority. And that comes from the part where he says that you may live quiet and peaceful lives, and this is good and pleasing to God. And so there's, again, this sort of balance of two, two things going on where we... We as Christians, we have to stand up for what we believe. Paul went country to country, city to city, preaching contentious ideas about Jesus Christ that you know, got him beat and got him imprisoned and almost got him killed. And in no way was that a peaceful and quiet life. But yet here he's instructing a peaceful and quiet life. And I don't think that those two things are uh, contradictory to each other. But yet we are told to make a stand for what we believe, but yet not fall into the, the sin of rebellion, to not, not think ourselves higher than we should be, not rebel for our own sake or make a stand for our own sake, but only make a stand for what God says and for his sake. And so I think that's, that's the difference. That's the, the balance between making the stand and, and, and not going into rebellion. And Jesus is, again, Jesus' life emulates this so perfectly as he, he both made a stand to the religious leaders of the time and he, he stood his ground, he said what he said, and it got him killed. But he was also peaceful. And it's, and, and it's, 
it's so situational, and I love that this is one of my favorite little stories in, in here, is that when Jesus was questioned by Pontius Pilate, he gave answers. He responded, and he, he, you know, he, he said a number of things back to Pontius Pilate. But then when he was questioned by Herod, he said nothing. He didn't even reply. And so from that story alone, you can see that there's a time, there's a time for everything. Um, and that went off on a bit of a tangent, but, you know, I, I, again, I'm not giving prescriptive or, or this isn't giving prescriptive advice on what to do in every situation, but just guard your heart against rebellion. Guard your heart against, I'm, I'm going to use a word here, activism. Um, and I don't mean to trigger anybody or, 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 or be, be rude against it. I know that there's times that we have to make a stand. But, but guard your heart of getting caught up in cultural movements that are beyond what Scripture is calling us to do. And, and if, you're, um, if you're, you're fighting that balance and you're not sure what you should be doing, if, if an issue is you know, especially important to you and you, you really feel that you see it through God's eyes, well, well, you know, that's good, but, but continue on in prayer. Keep asking God, look, have I missed it? Have I missed it, or am I, am I doing what, you've been, what I've been asked to do? And, and that's just really, um, yeah, what, what, what the, the, whole, the whole point of this message is just pray. Just talk to God, relate with him, be in relationship with him, be in relationship with him and pray with him um, through, through the word. And, um, yeah, prayer, it gives hope. It strengthens our faith, and it, it produces love in us. Um, and it, it is the main thing that does all that. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we love you. We are here for you. We are here um, because you have called us, that you sent your Son um, to rescue us. You saved us. Lord, um, I, all of us, um, or most of us, fall short of the relationship that you have for us, that you have such a, a beautiful, loving, intimate relationship that each one of us can access with you. Um, and, and there are times that we get sucked up in our own things and our own lives that we, we, we do not pursue that relationship. So I ask, Lord, for all of us that we would pray and talk to you more often that we would pray for all people, that we would pray for our rulers and our leaders, that we, Lord, we lift up um, Justin Trudeau and the, the Liberal Party and, and those who are leading us today. And we ask, Lord, that you work in their lives, that you use them um, to bring about your kingdom and your will um, here on earth, Lord. And we, um, yeah, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.